0: And now, an Envision Financial podcast with Luke Smith on Canberra's 2 C. It's time to welcome along from Envision Financial to talk about all things financial, Luke Smith. Good afternoon. How are you, matey? All right? I'm really well. Now, I've got a surprise for you. What's that? I'm not at home anymore.
1: Well, look at that. Isn't that a win?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was politely invited to come back to the studio and I thought, you know what? Actually, the desk works a lot better here.
1: And you know what? I'm looking forward to getting back in there next week. So I'll be, uh, I'll be joining you, and we can get back to our uh, our usual ways, which will be a, a nice a nice change.
0: I'm pretty sure that means you're bringing the beer. Well, it's, look, whatever it takes. In, in the current environment, whatever it takes. <laughs> well, here we are today to talk once again uh, all things finance, and uh, today we're looking at asset allocation and why it's important to know what you have, especially during volatile times. Let's start from the very beginning, Luke. What exactly do we mean by asset allocation? Yeah, look, I
1: think this one's really topical at the moment because people use different funds and different ways to compare how things have affected them and what their portfolio may or may not be worth at any point in time. And asset allocation is obviously the mix of assets in different sectors that you have within your portfolio, usually, you know, via your superannuation fund. So you can obviously maintain different exposures to different things. And depending on how you feel about risk, you can either have a really aggressive portfolio or you can have a more defensive portfolio. And the analogy I use here regularly is obviously how fast do you want to drive the car? If we're driving down this highway and the speed limit's 100, if you do 40, you're probably going to upset a few people. There'll be quite a few emotional drivers out there and you may be late getting where you need to go. And for the sake of the analogy, let's call driving at 40 in a 100 zone cash and fixed interest. And the flip side of that is obviously if you were going to drive 160 kilometres in a 100 zone and you got pulled over by the police, you'd do very well to talk your way out of a ticket. Um, So it's slightly more risk. And, you know, that comes with certain consequences. And that's what we would classify as growth or high growth or more aggressive portfolios. So one of the things I've found that people have struggled with in relation to the context of their assets is, the noise in the media and watching things on the telly and hearing somebody say, oh, the market's off 25% and jumping to the conclusion that that's affected them at exactly that rate, when in actual fact, we think about how money is generally invested and for the vast majority of people, they would maintain a mix of different assets or multiple eggs in multiple baskets. Um, So they haven't actually had that same level of change as one individual sector because... The Australian equity market is generally the measure that's discussed on the news when actual fact you might have some property and some fixed interest and some cash and some infrastructure and some international assets and some Australian shares that are all impacted at different ways at different times in different levels and and different magnitudes. So asset allocation is very topical and it would just sort of be good to sort of bring that to light and then cover off some of the things that, that people can consider when um, we're looking at how their money is invested and and the changes they could make going forward.
0: So when we're talking about asset allocation, we're talking about the uh, amount of money you might have invested in shares in Australia, shares overseas, uh, cash and fixed interest investments, and various other forms of investments. But when we just look at one asset class, like shares, for example, there's quite big variations there as well. There are some shares that you would consider to be safe and secure, relatively speaking, others that you would consider to be very, very risky and speculative. So that's also part of the process, isn't it, to consider the relative risks of uh, the various different options inside a single asset class?
1: Look, 100%, and I think people need to keep in mind that, as you just pointed out, there are multiple layers to the way that this is, is approached and the way that a portfolio is invested and the combination of the broader asset classes and then obviously how you break down each individual asset class as you've just said and that could be done through the use of a share that could be done through the use of a managed fund that could be done through the use of a listed investment company and that could be done using something like an exchange traded fund which we've spoken about in isolation so first we think about how fast i want to drive and somebody says to me well i don't want to take silly risk but i also don't want to hold a lot of cash because cash doesn't earn much at the moment okay so let's have the car driving at 90 to 110 in a hundred zone so we know that we're going to get where we need to go we're not going to upset too many people and there's a limited chance that the boys in blue will pull us over and give us a ticket so we decide on that in relation to our risk profile then we look to try and spread the portfolio that we're dealing with around the various asset classes to maintain an appropriate weighting to both growth assets and defensive assets. And this is where we start to put the different asset classes into their different functions within the portfolio. On the growth side, you might have Australian equities, property, infrastructure, and international equities. And then on the defensive side, you might have cash, term deposits, active fixed interest. So you've got a mix of growth and defensive so that when we think about the pizza, We've got lots of different slices, but in totality, the car is moving at a speed that we are comfortable with, and I think that's the most important thing people need to keep in
0: mind. So this car you're talking about is the one that's delivering the pizza with the lots of different slices, and one slice is pepperoni, another slice is ham and pineapple, another slice is meat lovers. Is is that how it works?
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not sure I could get any, any more analogies
0: glued together <laughs> in, in, in one story, but I've, I've Said how to crack that. That's a a beauty. I love it. Now, I'm going to say, too, uh, asset allocation obviously, that's going to be important at any time when you're considering your investments. But is it any different now when we're going through a period of great volatility? The markets are, I suppose, in a situation you could uh, could describe as dealing with a crisis. And there's certainly a health crisis, there's an economic crisis. So, does that change the way we look at asset allocation?
1: I think asset allocation remains a fundamental principle of investment. I think what changes during times of a pandemic or increased volatility is our tolerance, our threshold and our, our willingness to accept the outcomes that we've chosen previously. So what I mean there is, obviously, when things are good, everybody loves having growth assets. Um, and obviously, when, when things come off and we have market weakness, people don't like seeing the value of their assets be revalued. I'm not going to say fall or lose money. They become revalued um, at, a, at a lower level. Um, I think people need to keep in mind that it's important they understand what they have. And we've touched on this in, in previous shows because I honestly don't know what balance means anymore. Balance for me is 50% growth and 50% defensive. Balance at Australian Super could be 85% growth and 15% defensive. Balance at Host Plus could be 90% growth and 10% fixed interest. So I guess what we're trying to make people aware of today is don't invest in line with the the name of your profile. You've got to look under the hood and see what the actual composition of the assets are because in a lot of instances, what you may think is balanced, being 50-50, could be a lot more aggressive and could therefore have a much larger impact in relation to a positive or negative movement because your car is doing 140 in a 100 zone when you thought you might have been doing 110. So it's, it's important that people keep that in mind because good and bad, we need to look at this with a long-term view, um, and obviously your tolerance to positive and negative movements will be impacted by how your underlying investments are, in, uh, are, are placed.
0: So uh, in... Uh... In summary, when we're reviewing our asset allocation, whether or not we're in a time of crisis sort of doesn't really make a lot of difference. We still have to consider many of the same things. Is that right?
1: 100%. And I think, again, we need to keep in mind that this is hopefully a short-term problem in a long-term environment, which obviously super is. And and I say long-term because there seems to be this misconception that people tie long-term to their retirement date. And, and what I mean is I, I talk to people and they say, oh, well, I'm 55, I'm going to retire at 60. Uh, that 60 is that the trigger point where you may be able to access it. But when you think about it, super is going to be there to fund your lifestyle for the next 10, 15 or 20 years. So even at 50, you've got a long-term horizon because you're going to need good income in retirement. You're going to need growth to offset inflation. So your asset allocation remains just as important during times of volatility as it does both now and in the longer term, because you've got certain goals you need to achieve. And without the right asset allocation, it's very hard to generate the right amount of money to fund your pensions, to fund your lifestyle, if you're holding 80% cash and earning 0.25 in the bank, when you need to be taking out a four or 5% income stream to live the way you want to live. So asset allocation is very, very important, both now, in the future, And during your investment life, because current weakness is a very good way now to maybe have a nibble at different asset classes and build exposures that have been oversold and and, and take an active position in, you know, Australian equities and international equities and, and listed property that have come under pressure over the last month that you could see in a two, three, four, five year time frame return to normal values and and provide an uplift in your
0: portfolio. Luke, we were talking before about the volatility that's affecting the world's financial Mm -hmm. markets at the moment, and uh, you started to allude to the opportunity to maybe benefit from that. So that's our next question, isn't it? In a time of volatility, we've already established that you still need to look at the same fundamental things that you would at any other time, but does that volatility also provide you with opportunities that otherwise might not be there?
1: Look, I, I think it does and I think this is obviously people's attitude towards glass half full, glass half empty, just to sneak another analogy in there because <laughs> 'cause we're running a bit short on them. Um I, I think it's really important that people remember again that this hopefully is a short to medium term problem and probably an economic problem more than a viral problem, you know, over the next twelve to eighteen months. But You know, we've seen some companies cut their dividends. We've seen some of the banks remove their dividends altogether. And obviously that has an impact on their underlying share price. So I think it it is a chance for people to maybe look to move some of their defensive allocation if they're overweight into uh, a more growth-orientated play for those that have missed the opportunity by having larger amounts of cash leading into February because they may have believed the market was overpriced now is a good time to start dollar cost averaging and buying assets with the the lens that in two to five years, is this a good solid company that will return to more normal levels? Um, Because it's it's very difficult in the height of volatility to say, I'll pick the absolute bottom and look, if you can do that, great. But I find if we average in and, and have a staggered approach to good quality assets, you can start to increase the growth allocation in your portfolio and and buy things that have been oversold like the property sector or infrastructure assets or the banks, for example. But keeping in mind, obviously, that we could expect to see ongoing volatility over the short term, but again, with a longer term view, it could be a good way to position assets in a similar vein to what we saw through the Royal Commission. When something's on the nose and it's under pressure and it's on the telly every day, we see assets come under pressure and we saw that with with banking stocks. And when it stopped being on the news and the Royal Commission was over and everybody got on with their life and forgot about it, we saw assets return to more fair value. Uh, we saw increase in prices and we saw distributions continue to be paid. So using an ETF to, to average into a specific part of the market is a good way to get some, some diversification. Buying a specialised managed fund in a certain area that you like takes away the need to have to try and cherry-pick individual companies and get a broad exposure. Um, A listed investment company could be a way to target a certain area of the market. And then, obviously, buying partial allocations for something. So, if something has come under pressure, you know, we saw the oil price fall and we've seen that remain uh, at at record lows. Um, And whilst everybody likes cheap petrol, obviously, it's it's had an impact on the energy sector. Now, that could be an opportunity to say, well, I think longer-term things will return to, to, to fundamental levels. Um, And maybe a small allocation, if you're going to buy 20 of something, maybe buy 10 and then just keep some powder dry because we don't know if we're going to come under additional pressure from the fallout of these economic reforms. There could be another wave of corona. And I I think it's always prudent to have a little bit of, of ammo on the side in relation to cash to buy things. You know, at, at cheaper prices and average in across
0: your portfolio. Yeah, to some extent, you've already ex- answered this next point, but I was going to ask do you really need to have nerves of steel to buy into a volatile market? Because I could splash out on an allocation of shares today, and then all of a sudden tomorrow the share market could drop 20%. Now, I'm not suggesting it will, but there mm. is always that risk. At a time like this, you mm. don't know which way it's going to go next. And if I've bought today and then tomorrow lost 20%, I'm going to wake up feeling. Pretty sorry for myself. Do you really need to have nerves of steel?
1: Well, I think you need to manage your expectations more than anything else. I don't think it's a case of nerves and steel. I think it's not you know confusing ambition for ability. There's there's another analogy we can sneak in there. (laughs) Um, You know, it's it's a case of being realistic and saying, okay, I'm going to buy these things. They're good quality companies, and I'm happy at this price. And then not worry about it because it's a long term position. If you're day trading and you're having a short-term view, then yes, you obviously need a higher risk tolerance to be able to handle positive and negative movements. But if you're buying good quality assets and you're averaging into them over time, I don't think it matters whether you're 25 or 75. Um, I find that people need good, strong income from their investments over the longer term and capital growth to offset the effect of inflation so that they can actually protect the total value of their portfolio. And I think that remains true whether you're 25 or 75. And I, I think you, you just need to be aware of what you're doing, informed, and then be consistent. I think if, if you don't have the nerve for this, then it's not for you. You know, I'm not a big fan of swimming, so I don't jump in the pool. You know, it's, it's, it's no different to that. It's, it's really something that is a horses for courses sort of thing. And you need to understand your own, uh, I guess, mental fortitude and then invest accordingly. And yep. that comes back to your asset allocation. More defensive people have more cash and fixed interest. More gung-ho people will have higher growth and may accept that. That comes with higher volatility. If I drive my car to work at 150 k's an hour down the pathway, I can't get upset about getting a ticket. You get a little bit upset at 105 in a 100 zone, but not at 150. And I think people need to remember that. Everybody's different and you need to do what's right for you, not what's right for your
0: mates. And if you're watching the market day to day, don't just buy because it's cheap today. Buy because you believe it's going to be good value long term. That's the important question, the important point, isn't it?
1: It is. And obviously, understand why you're buying what you're buying because you don't want to get upset because you bought a fixed interest investment and then it didn't. You didn't see it grow in value yeah. because it doesn't do that.
0: Now you we've know. got to wrap it up, but uh, I notice you've put on the sheet today a quote which I believe might be a Warren Buffett quote: "Be fearful when people are greedy, and greedy when people are fearful."
1: And look, you've you've hit the nail on the head, and I think again, very good example of thinking about the longer term. You know, by yeah, sure exactly. The
0: so, if exactly. we need more information, Luke, where do we go?
1: Yeah, look, um, obviously, envisionfinancial.com.au. dot Obviously, we've got the YouTube channel. We've done some really good interviews lately. We had Mark Peretti on talking about wills and enduring powers of attorney from Trinity Law, and we've had Davis Thomas, David Thomas from uh, Trilogy Funding. They're both teas, uh talking about how to get through COVID and your home loan, and obviously how to get the best home loan and the best rate. So go to the YouTube channel, Envision Financial Canberra, and, and, and take those out there. We've also got the Strategy Stacker, the podcast on iTunes and on Spotify now, um, so you can listen to last week's show and pause it, take down your notes, and, uh, and go forward from there. And if you're unsure six two six zero four seven four nine. Give us a call and we can point you in the right direction and check your asset allocation.
0: Fantastic. Luke, we'll chat to you again next Friday. Look forward to it mate. Luke Smith from Envision Financial.